0: Welcome to the Rhodes Church podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Um, hey, my name's Blake. If you don't, ha- if you don't know me, uh, you know, say hey sometime. Not after service. I'll be tired. I want to go home. No plan. <laughs> No, plus God. Hey, I, I always uh, am honored to get to share some of the word uh, with you guys today, and I always like to honor the house. Um, we have a fantastic church. I mean, like God is breathing and doing amazing stuff, um, and that doesn't happen without our amazing pastors. Uh, so I just want to honor Chad and Dawn. You guys are so, you guys are so cool. All right man. Hey, I got some I got some word to share. I hope you guys are ready. Is anybody ready? Yes. Woo! This girl right here is ready. All right, I'm gonna preach to you all day. The rest of these fools, I don't know. All right, no. Hey, if you've got your Bibles, that's good. It'll bless you if you read it. No. Uh, so, hey, I want to get into some stuff. I'm gonna share. I love getting to share uh, in the house, and I love getting to just kind of share out of like what God is teaching and leading me. And uh, and so I'm 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 just here for it. And uh, thus by extension, I guess you are. So if you have your Bibles and you ready, let's go to Matthew chapter 13. Verse 44. Dude, yeah, that feels nice. All right. All right, so we're going to Matthew chapter 13, uh, verse 44. I want to take just a minute and welcome our Carlinville can- campus, anyone watching online, and our first-time guests. Can we make some noise in the house for them? <laughs> Woo! All right. Okay, so here's the deal. Jesus is really cool, and he's awesome. Mic drop, I'm out. No, all right, there's even more to him. He's so muchy. And uh, I just want to share uh, uh, from, from, from something that's been kind of stirring in my heart uh, and that God's really been pulling on me about. And so if you have chapter uh, uh, 13 of Matthew, uh, let's check it out just real quick. And it reads like this. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure in a hidden, hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, somebody say joy, Joy. he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Verse 45, again, again, (laughs) I went deep south. I don't know what happened. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. The kingdom of heaven. Jesus Christ and him crucified is like a treasure and it's like a fine pearl. And do you see what happens in these parables? We got these, we got these dudes and they're going out and they're searching for things, right? One of them searching for pearls and one of them is, is, he, is, he, is he is looking for treasure hidden, all right? And, and, and he finds it. And see, see, here's the thing is that we are all looking for something. We are all searching. Do you know why? I believe it's because it's hardwired in our DNA, in who we are. Proverbs 25.2 tells us that, 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 that that's in our heart is to search things out. It's, it's, it's in God's nature to, to conceal a thing, but in ours to search it out. And so there's this innate drive in us to search and try to find things. And guess what happens is that as we're searching and as we're looking and as we're, as we're going forth, a lot of times we start to look for the counterfeit. Come on, somebody. We start to look and fill ourselves up with the counterfeit in the process of trying to find the treasure in the field or the pearl of great value. And you don't think I'm right. Let me tell you, how many of you guys look, look, looking to find something to fill you up, to give you joy, to make you feel full, have devoured things that are unholy and unhealthy, right? Like we're always searching to try to find something. Like, we're always like, ooh, when's the new iPhone coming out? When's the new When's the new Galaxy? Where are my Android fans at? All right, I, listen, I was, whew, I didn't know how that would drop. Like, sometimes, like, a house is full of, like, Apple people and, like, nobody says nothing. So, I'm just, where you at, bro? I heard you. No. <laughs> keep pulling. Keep pulling, Android. No, um, but like we're always searching, right? Trying to devour that thing. Trying to fill ourselves up. Why? Because there is an emptiness inside of us that needs to be filled by the presence of the living God through Jesus Christ. That's why you spent all that time lost, searching for junk, and filling yourself up with poo. This is live streaming. I'm sorry about the poo. It just came, <laughs> it just came out. <laughs> I'm going with first service. No, I'm playing. <laughs> but seriously, that's what's happening is that there's that drive. We search things out to fill things within us, but we settle for so much less until we find, come on somebody, until we find that treasure in a field, that pearl of great value, until we come face to face with the presence and the beauty of Jesus, where we are, we are captivated to let go of all that other stuff to hold on to him right and that's what that's what the scripture's talking about it's talking about have you found the thing that is so dynamically awesome that it would cause you to change everything because he is so cool and he is so hip and he is so rad but he is so much and listen you know what's cool okay is that we find that treasure hidden and we accept him And then we walk in him and we keep letting go of things to get more of him. It's that beautiful thing of going from glory to glory. We we are able to like get lighter and get more free as we get closer and closer to him. But how many of you know sometimes that process, sometimes that process of walking out Our salvation with fear and trembling is the most beautiful in the world, but also where we can just get tilted a little bit off our axis, right, in a bad way. And so what I want to do today is I want to share. I want to share with you a little bit of, 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 of what God has been downloading to me. And hopefully, like, you will learn from what I've went through in a way that you don't make the same dumb mistakes. Come on, somebody, all right? How many of you all ever been dumb? I'm, hold on, I'm just waiting for every hand to go up. No, I'm playing. <laughs> okay, so probably about two or three years ago, God began to speak to me with this prophetic word about shifting. And I felt like the Lord was saying that he is shifting people into different positions and places, for holy purpose right? Like he was aligning some things for a push. Now, I believe that that alignment coincides with the billion soul harvest. I believe that God is shifting people into places because He's getting ready for a harvest of souls of magnanimous magnitude. I'm just saying, come on, somebody, pull with me. And I believe it is no, it is no, oh, come on, somebody. It is no mistake if God has called you from home and land and place to go somewhere. The Lord gave me this word, when he said shifting sands, he said, I'm going to take you into a land I will show you. And I was like, oh, that's great, God. Where is that? And he goes, I will show you. You're a real funny God. Jesus. Real funny. I'm playing. I'm playing. Not blasphemous, just humor. It's close. It's a fine line. No. (laughs) Okay, so Jesus begins, he begins speaking to me. I'm I'm going to send you into a land that I will show you. Okay, that's all I had, but I had that promise. Anybody's setting on a promise today. You don't have to raise your hand, but you can. Yeah, come on. How many of y'all know that when God speaks a thing, it's going to come to pass, right? But see, here's what happens with me, maybe not you, but me, is that I got my Amazon, and like that one-click shopping. And so, like, and so like God speaks a thing and I get in my head, I get in my head, oh, Jeff Bezos just makes it one-click and I get it in a couple days. And so then the FedEx guy can come up and I'll be like, hey, hey, Sam, how's it going? And he'll be like, great, Blake, here's your package. Because we're on a first-name basis because Amazon is that way. <laughs> but God don't always work on a one-click. Same-day delivery. And that's good, right? Because sometimes my character isn't in a place where I can handle where God is taking me. Come on, somebody. Sometimes I got some stuff to go through and some stuff to work out and some bondage to let go of before God can put me in the place that he needs me to be for where he is taking my life. So sometimes, and I know, I know in the midst of the waiting, while you're setting on the promise, you're like, when, God, when? Why, God, why? Did I miss you? Did I hear something else? Do I need to make an Ishmael? Can I just say we never need to make an Ishmael? But how many times sometimes that's real? Because when we get off into our mind and our own reasoning and our own thinking, we decide that we can actually come up with a better plan than Jesus. I'm just speaking firsthand. I, you're probably not like that at all. This is just me. You're like, man, this guy's messed up. We'll pray for him later. All right, but, but seriously. So like I, I get in this place where sometimes I can get off into that reason. But the bottom line is if God has spoken it to you, then he has got the grace and the provision to fulfill it for you. And actually there's a joy in the waiting on the way to where you're going if you find it because this is what i believe. i believe that in that waiting, you can get caught up in the beauty of where god is taking you and the growth that you're going through and you can enjoy the ride. It sounds good. I'm going to write that down so next time i will remember that. But but like how many of you guys know that sometimes in that process i don't enjoy the ride. I'm like a baby. Kicking and screaming about, I want it now, and I want it this way, and all those things. And how many of you know I can, we can be better than that? Because that just brings lots of frustration for me. I, I'm just saying. Like, and so, like, here's, here's what happens to me. So, there's, I get this prophetic word about shifting and people putting into positions, and God's going to take me into a land that will show me. And, and I'm like, all right, win, God. Come on, man. Let's make it happen. Let's jump, bro. q Elevator music. And nothing happened. And like this is what would happen. I would see other people. Come on, somebody. I would see other people stepping and shifting, and I would be like, oh, bless God, yay, for them. No, I would really be pretty joyous, right? Yeah, but still, the back of your mind, you're like, why are they, why? But see, here's what I know. If I can't celebrate them, I'm not in a place to receive where my promise wants to take me. There's a character there. There's a character issue there. And so, like, and so like in this process, um, God like told Promise and I to put our house on the market. And, uh, and, and Prom told this story in one of her messages, and she tells it way better than me, so listen to that, and she's zone me out now. Um, but really, like, he tells us to put our house up on the market, and like it's in the midst of worship. And so like, I'm like, yeah! Like first service, something happened to me today that I'm so happy about. This never happened before in the history of my life. I shouted my hair down this hair shattered down. It was brilliant. I felt, I felt like one of those Pentecostal women from times gone by. It was glorious. You know how they would always talk about, man, the spirit moved and they shattered their hair down. Like even badness will say it. Like, so you know, I mean, it's, it's a thing that happened, right? No, I'm playing. I'm not throwing shade. I'm just being silly. All right. But like, like so it happened. It was awesome. Okay, but anyhow, so I was in a service, and I was like, I don't know, I was shouting my hair down. Maybe my watch kicked on and said, you're in an exercise or something. I don't know. It was pretty rad. So so it was happening, and I felt the Lord say, put your house on the market. Okay, so, like, this is what happens. Like, in those moments when you're in the spirit, things are easy to say yes to, right? Like, you're like, yes, God, everything, up to a tenth of my kingdom, right, or half of my kingdom, whatever. All right, so, like, you're, like, easily, like, just going to get whatever. And then you walk out of that. And your brain kicks in and you start trying to figure out where am I going to live? <laughs> but it was like it was like more than that because like, okay, so like our home was a super blessing from the Lord. Um I don't know if you guys know our story. I'll give you a, a little abridged just to, so the story makes sense. Um we have a couple of we have four kids. We have two older kids that we adopted, and we have two younger kids. And uh all of them are just wonderful humans. I love them so much. Um that home that we had, for our older kids, they would tell us, because they bounced around, and whether they were in foster care and that kind of stuff, it was the first place that really felt like home. And so, like, I mean, like, I know it's just a house, but like, it, it had meaning. You know what I'm saying? It held space in my heart. Because of what it meant and the stories and the things like that. I'm like, I'm tearing up. It's about a house. But, I mean, I'm serious. Like, we know that sometimes inanimate objects hold sway over our heart, right? And, and, and like, that's, that's, that's part of a scripture we're going to read in a second. But we're not reading it yet, so spoilers. So anyhow, so, like, this is what I did. God spoke that to me. And, and, and Promise and I were like, okay, so what we're going to do, we're going to put a for sale by owner sign up. Like, a marginalized level of obedience, Come on, come on. We'll just, I'm not saying no, God, if it's your will. You love that prayer, right? (laughs) But hopefully not. That was, I put the sign up and I walked away. I don't know if you saw that or not, but that's what happened. Okay, and so, and so this house didn't sell. And I was like, oh, I just miss God. Bless, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Okay, but how many of you guys know that like when God speaks something, he's really loving and he's really good and he's really full of grace. And he's way more patient than any of us. Praise him. And he he gives opportunities again. And so, like, and so this is what happens. If you guys have your Bibles, let's let's yeah, let's make it holy. All right, uh, let's go over to Mark chapter 10. I want to show you this because this is what God started to really mess with me about. God ever mess with you? Yeah. Why are you messing with me, Jesus? Because I love you. Mark chapter 10 it's Such a neat story. Okay, in verse 17 where we're going to where we're going to land. And as he was setting out on his journey, that's Jesus, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, "Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life?" And Jesus said to him, "Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone." I mean, that's something to marinate on right there. There's, there's where goodness comes from. It comes from heaven. It comes from God. God is the source of goodness. And Jesus said to him, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. All these things. And, like, I mean, listen, I love the rich young ruler's response in that, like, I don't know if I'd have been that bold. Uh, but oh boy was. And he said, teacher. All these I have kept from my youth. All right, all right. Not really a humble brag, but we're, we're tracking. Uh, and Jesus, looking at him, loved him. I like that. Because it's like when you're, when you're in that place of intimacy with God, and you're like sincerely just opening your heart, and you're saying, Jesus, here's my question. Jesus, here's where I'm at. And like in that moment, how many of you guys know that God loves you so much? And it's out of love that he then speaks to you, right? It's out of that, it's out of love that he might speak to you and say, hey, here's where we're going to go. Hey, this is what you probably need to lay down. Hey. And that's out of love, like, right? Like, I, I just want you to understand, like, sometimes, like, when I grew up, like, I had this, this vantage point of God as some kind of, like, giant faraway taskmaster that, like, had, like, some kind of weird laugh and rah, and a whip or something. I don't know. It was it was odd. Uh, but, like, how many of you guys know that, like, God is always speaking to you from a place of love for your good? Right? Like, that's what, and, and, and I believe, I believe that if God speaks something to you, it should always go through that lens. Yeah. And if that, if what he's speaking isn't inspiring hope and isn't for goodness, then I think we ought to always recycle it and be like, did I hear right? Yeah. Okay. He loved him. So this is what he said to him. You lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. This is like where I like, if you're like watching TV, this is where that like disclaimer comes on the screen with, be careful what level to which you ask of God some things forth which he will tell you something that might be more than what you bargained for. (laughs) I don't know why there was so much. Like Somebody should have condensed that and made that little notice smaller. I took up way too much of the screen. Um, but anyhow, like so, so Jesus, Jesus then says to him, sell all that you have, give it to the poor, and then come follow me. 22. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful. For he had great possessions. I would assert that not only did he have great possessions, but I think his possessions actually had him. To the point where he couldn't chase after the one thing because his heart was given to other things. So... I tell you that story to meddle a little bit and and just say, hey, if God asks you to give it all up, whatever that means, to all of whatever, like if there's something on you that's holding more sway than him in your heart, I would invite you to talk to him about it, right? And I believe that's a constant conversation. Like, it's a conversation from glory to glory. Like, God might might prune out some things, but there's still other things. And so, like, that's a conversation that Jesus and us should continue to have. So, like, here I am. I'm having this conversation with Jesus, and Jesus brings up into my mind again, hey, you were supposed to sell your house. And I start to tell him about how much I love my house. And, like, he's still there saying, let it go. even, no. <laughs> no. Okay, so like, but, but that was where I was at, is that like I knew what he was asking. And like he was working on my heart to say, what has more of you? And so like, I, this, is, this is what then begins to happen, is that my wife and I, she's awesome. Can I just say, I know, I'm sorry. Um, she's amazing. She's not here right now. No, it's... <laughs> Nah, I'm playing. <laughs> uh, okay, so like we're we're like praying to the Lord, and uh, I we have this this crazy idea that we want to sell everything, our house, and then a lot of our stuff, and go from like 2,500 square foot to 280 square feet. Does it sound like more if I say square feet afterwards? Listen, listen, y'all are some of you all are sitting there right now being like, my bathroom is bigger than that. Bless you. So like, so like, here's what happens in this process of like going from like not only are we put our house on the market, but then like our, this is what happens is that like we do it and we're like, yes, God, we're leaning into this, and nothing happens. And I love these moments. It's these moments when like, hey, what's God? and People come up to you like, what's God going on in your going and doing in your life? And you're like, well, He's got our house for sale, and we bought a bus, and I think we're gonna live in like a really small place. Has your house sold? No. Oh, okay. What are you doing? What are you guys going? What are you thinking about? Nah, I don't know. <laughs> Just waiting on God. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like it's those moments where you get to have real good awkward conversations and you feel like, oh, man, I'm half hearing from God, but everybody thinks I'm a fool. Uh, but, you know, been there, done that. So, so like here's the thing: we put the house on the market, nothing happens, and then like bless God, like all these people like start like you know like putting their house. Ha- the market's like super hot, right? Like you like put your house on the market and like sells for like hundred thousand dollars over asking price, and people bring you those stories. You're like great for you, and like and like that's and like he starts stretching you, right? Like how many of you guys know in the process there's a stretching that's that's growing you. It's like what we talked about. It's developing that character, and so then finally our house sells, but it sells at this point where like we're like you're like. Whoa! God, when? And it sells and it's awesome. And then the whirlwind really starts, right? Because now we're going from a lot of house and a lot of storage to nothing. And then you know what I started to realize? A lot of stuff still held my heart. I mean, just things, like old trinkets that are broken and, and just nasty. I was like, I don't think I can part with that. You know, don't act like you don't have that box in your closet that's got junk from like 50 years ago. Um, but bless God, I mean, I, I we had some friends that were really great, helpful people that were like, "I'll throw out all your stuff." <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, did I say friends? No plan. <laughs> But, you know, like God brings in. He brings in people to help and people to support. Because here's what I know. If God is asking you and God is pulling you and God is taking you in a direction, then his grace is enough to see it through. Can somebody agree that though it might tarry, if God has spoken it, his grace is going to bring it to pass? You don't believe me? How about our old boy David who was anointed king almost 12 years before he ever sat on the throne? Come on, how about Abraham who was told he would be the father of many nations and then he, he almost turns a hundo and still no baby. You don't think our God is good to his promise. The bottom line is God is always good and always honors his word. So if he has spoken to you, if he's got you on a trajectory, if he's shifting your life, if he's recalibrating how you are and where you're at, know that if he is in it, Romans eight twenty eight. he causes all things to work together for the good for those called according to his purposes. If he is in it, he is going to work it out for your good. Man, I love the story of David, right? Oh boy, anointed king. And like, this is what gets me, is like Samuel like comes to his father, Jesse, and uh he's talking to him he's like do you have any sons and like he trots his sons out and like one of them you know they look kingly strong jawline that's that's what makes a king and, and samuel's like oh this guy's a king and god was like nope and then like he gets through all the kids and like samuel's like God's not spoken anything do you have any more i mean like isn't that like isn't that a funny question like i always think that's a funny question because samuel's like are there any other kids you might have? And then like, then, like, here comes afterthought. He's like, oh, yeah, I've got David, but he's out in the field with the sheep, old sheep herder. All right? I mean, like, what a proclamation. Wouldn't you love to be introduced that way? And now here comes, uh, what's his name? Uh, sheep boy. All right. <laughs> and even Scripture is like he looks like this ready young youth, um, like not straw jaw line. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, he comes in here, and then, like, Samuel anoints him to be king. And don't you imagine, like, this is, like, a cool epic scene. Like, Samuel's got this, like, massive horn with oil. He's like, Woo-oh. and, like, it's, you know, heaven opens. I don't know. Uh, but, like, there's this epic moment. And, like, David, I mean, like, who would even know? Like, I've never been anointed king. If you have, like, write about it and we'll read it. But, like, I mean, like, he has that moment. And then he just waits. waits. Not only does he just wait, he goes through hell. Like, he gets to a point where he's, like, serving under Saul, and then Saul gets jealous of him and rejects him. And not only just rejects him and, like, get out of my face, he's like, I will throw this spear at your head. I want you to die. And then chases him. And like David like runs, but then like, but then like God sends, like he sends some people to David and like, and like scripture talks about, like he sends him, um, (laughs) just first class um, individuals, like he sends him people that are in distress, everyone who is in debt and anyone who is discontented. So a team that you like want to be your support network, right? Like like nowadays it would be like everyone who is super offended and has blue hair. I don't know. (laughs) But like he sends all these people into David and then guess what David does? He begins to bring them up. He begins to raise them up to kill giants. Why? Because he was a giant killer, and that was the anointing that was upon him. Because here's what I know. The anointing and callings of God are not taken away from you. And if you will lean into his grace and trust in him, he will take you where he's told you he will take you. That's what he do. And my job is just to lean in And enjoy the ride And activate my faith In the direction God is pulling If you have your Bibles It's good Go to Deuteronomy with me I I think I want to land here So our house sells Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6 Our house sells Awesome. We you know, minimalize a lot of stuff. And then I'm in worship. And see, the Lord had been speaking to me um, for some years. I was in public education for, for 19 years, uh, both as a teacher and, and as administrator. And, and the Lord began to speak to me probably three or four years ago about shifting, right? I told you that. And, and I, knew, I knew that that meant something in terms of like my career and where I was placed. And I can tell you the long story of it, but I'm running out of time, so I'm not going to. Um, I was in worship and I felt the Lord tell me, hey, remember how I told you you're gonna leave your job? It's time to leave your job. No, thank you, Jesus. I'm just saying, like, you know how, how Jacob wrestled with the angel? That's where I was at. I was like, God, I'm vested. This is like, this is 19 years. As PC would say, I got my bennies. I got my, I got my package. I, I, I'm, I'm heading towards, I see like the retirement thing. Like, you know, yeah, I can see it now. Like, you couldn't see it when you started, but I could see it. Like, you know, there's still some hills and there's some mountains. And so I'm telling God. But honestly, I was like, Jesus, I don't want to put my family through this. We've moved, all this stuff, right? Heavy lift. But at the end, I want more of him. Come on, somebody. And he's never going to lead me somewhere that his grace isn't big enough to provide for us. Time and time again, my God has shown up faithful in every situation I've been in. And that's just who he is. That's his goodness. That's his, that's his character. So when thoughts come into your mind, when God is speaking to you that are contrary to the character of heaven, you need to kick them right out the door. Come on, somebody. So Jesus, I said to him, I said, God, I'm not looking. So you're going to have to send somebody through my door. And in that moment, I heard the Lord say, I'm going to send a lion. I thought, well, that sounds okay. Sounds very (laughs) (laughs) Jesus-y. So within two days of him speaking that, me and another individual's paths crossed. And unbeknownst to me, that individual had a fleece for our paths to cross to open a door to conversation about a new job. And so this individual was like, hey, could we meet sometime? Could 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 we have an appointment and just sit down and talk? And I was like, sure, why not? Let me check my schedule. So we sit down, and that individual begins to like lay out the potential of a new of a new job. And I was like, now what's what's your school's mascot? And the individual goes, oh, we're the lions. Yeah, Yeah, because Jesus got a sense of humor. Oh, boy, sets you up and then knocks you over. (laughs) And so (laughs) she left, and I just cried. (laughs) I was just like, come on, Jesus. So we really got to do this now. (laughs) Come on. You know what I'm talking about. You know when you get the confirmation, and you know That heaven is authoring it, but you still don't know if you're willing. Come on, somebody. You don't think you can be real and naked with Jesus, and you can tell him those very things, and he can come back with his goodness and his encouragement. I can't tell you how much encouragement God can give you if you just ask. Come on, somebody. And sometimes you don't even have to ask. He just knows you need it, and he just starts showering it on you. So I want you to know wherever you're at, whatever decision you're facing, whatever you're going through, know that you have a God that hears you and sees you in your distress. And see, here's, here's, here's where I'm getting to is that, is that I am sharing with you A testimony of God's faithfulness. Because I believe in the power of a testimony. I believe that we have to share our testimony with our friends and with our families. I believe our kids, come on somebody, our kids should know the testimony of what God has done in and for our families. And that our dinner table should be a place where those testimonies and the goodness of God is shared In our family. You at Deuteronomy because I want to shout. This is where we're landed. Deuteronomy 6. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Somebody say, teach. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house. And when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up, see, I believe that it is so important that we, as believers, are sharing with our children the goodness of God, what God is doing in our life, who God is, the testimony of where God is taking us. Because if we are not sharing that, we are not teaching our kiddos about God and about his nature and who is going to. Come on, somebody. I'm going to get real and I'm going to meddle because I believe that there is an all-out assault on the children of this world. Come on, somebody. There is an all-out assault to reprogram everybody precious baby with the mind of the enemy with counterfeit lies over our children and I believe that God is drawing some lines in the sand and stirring up some individuals that are going to say not on my watch that my babies are for Jesus and the kingdom and the world at large cannot have them But guess what? That responsibility falls to us as moms and dads. We have the responsibility as gatekeepers into our child's lives. Come on, somebody. You are positioned. You know how the hell, come on now. You know how Jesus put an, put an angel with a flaming sword outside of the Garden of Eden. I want you to know that you are empowered with a flaming sword as the gatekeeper of your home. That nothing, come on somebody. How does a strong, how does an enemy enter the house? They first bind the strong man. So I believe that there are some strong husbands and fathers and mothers that are needing to shake free of any bondage so that they can fully guard the gate of their home because our children's lives depend upon it. I hope you don't think I'm worked up about this, but I am for real zealous and passionate about this because I believe it, because I see it, because I live it. We have an amazing children's program. It's beautiful. The vision, what they do, But that can't be the only day of the week that our kids hear about Jesus. That can't be the only place that they hear the testimony of what God is doing in someone's life. That can't be the only place. And I'm going to tell you what. No media outlet should have a greater impact on our children's minds than your mouth. Come on, somebody. Moms and dads, you are who should be the biggest influencer over your kiddos. If your voice is not the loudest and the most that they're hearing, come on. that's what we're positioned for. I believe that there is a war over our homes and our families. I believe that we are in an all-out fight for the future of our children. And and here's the deal. We win. We have. We have the message of hope, the message of, of, of Christ and Him crucified, which is everything, which is the fine treasure, which is the pearl, which is worth laying everything down so that you can have. But if we don't tell them about it, then they don't know. So I want to encourage you, and we're going to pray in just a second. I want to encourage you as moms and dads, as grandpas and grandmas, as gatekeepers for your home and for your children. You are positioned in that place for such a time as this.